Well, as I mentioned a few moments ago, this morning our message is going to be brought to us by our friend uh, Nathan Diaziga, who is not so new to Hope Gateway anymore, um, but very much a part of our community. And probably most of you have had a chance to meet Nathan, but maybe haven't had a chance to spend much time with him. So I wanted to just share a few words of introduction. Nathan is a United Methodist pastor. How about that? From Burundi. Yes. And before he came here, he was serving a United Methodist church in Bujumbura in, Bur- in uh, Burundi. Nathan was ordained in 1997, which was the year that I started seminary. He, was or- he grew up in the United Methodist Church in Burundi, but was ordained in the Episcopal Church. So you'll have to have a conversation with him about how that happened. <laughs> but then transferred back to the United Methodist Church at the behest of the bishop in 2011. And he's been very active in the Burundi Conference of the United Methodist Church, working with the bishop there and in charge of evangelism for the, for the whole conference. One of the things that really impressed me about Nathan when we had coffee recently was he he was telling me a story about when HIV AIDS became really challenging in Burundi. And as in many places, it was a situation around which there was a good deal of stigma. And Nathan really felt called by God that the church needed to be responding and that the church needed to be caring for people in a compassionate way, people who are living with HIV AIDS. And so he initiated a ministry um, that initially was kind of controversial. Many churches and pastors did not want to be involved in it at all. But Nathan really persisted and developed a whole program around ministry with people living with HIV AIDS, um, developed a curriculum and began training other people. Initially, no one wanted to be trained. Um, But gradually, that ministry spread throughout the whole country of Burundi. Um, And now there are key leaders in all different parts of Burundi, and that ministry continues. That is uh, really impressive. Um, And we're grateful for your ministry in that way in Burundi. Um, Nathan has a wife, Beatrice, and a daughter who's 20 years old named Celeste. Uh, And they are now in Kenya, Kenya, in a refugee camp. Um, Today is Nathan and Beatrice's 22nd wedding anniversary. Today. And you can imagine that it's difficult being separated from your spouse on your anniversary. This is Nathan's very first ever sermon in the United States. Well, yeah, that's true. The 9 o'clock service <laughs> was his first This is the second one. This is the second ever <laughs> sermon in the United States. But it is a great blessing, Nathan, to have you as part of the Hope Gateway community. And we're so grateful that you're willing to share the message today. Before you come up, actually, come on up and let's say a word of prayer for Nathan as he prepares to, to share God's word. Gracious and loving God, you are the God of people all over this planet and of all creation. We're grateful that you have brought Nathan to this community. We're grateful for the many gifts that you have given to him. And we pray now that as he uh, shares from his heart and from your word, that you would inspire him, that you would give him courage and strength, that you would give us all open ears and open hearts to the message that you have for us today. 
May the words of Nathan's heart be faithful to your word, and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much, Pastor Allen, for the good introduction. And uh, I'm very glad to be here today, sharing the, the, wo- the Word of God with, with you in this community. Uh, This morning I was just sharing a little bit of uh, how I liked this the most this uh, this state of of man because the first person who led me to Christ was from me was from this state and uh, that missionary. I do really have a great recognition of what she has done. She was a, a lady called S9, and uh, she was helping us in my youth age to know Jesus. And uh, I'm happy of that. To be there in Maine is just uh, to be in the hands of my parents in the Lord. And uh, I'm very also glad to have got this opportunity to share the word of God for the first time in the United States when I'm celebrating my 22nd anniversary of our wedding. That is a very... I don't know how God led uh, Alan and uh, and Sarah just to to give me this opportunity on this particular date. (laughs) Anyway, it's a blessing upon a blessing. Uh, as you know, we are now taking each other to the Jesus's entertainment on the beach with his people. And uh, with this series of, of stories are very, very significant. The story I'm going to share with you is the story that is found in John chapter 20 from verse 1 to 14. But when I'm going to conclude 
the sermon I'm going just to use maybe other two following the verse verses it just verse 15 and 16 what the story is all about this is the time Jesus appears again to the seven disciples at the lake of Tiberias if you look at that picture how do you find this this water if you look at the picture by itself it's very calm peaceful not huh? isolated mm. if you look just far ahead a little bit what do you see huh? mountains hills there this place it's a place that had a great significant meaning. It's so meaningful to Israel by itself. This is the place where Jesus met Peter and his friends, the sons of Zebedee, when they were coming from deep the water, coming back to the shore, with empty boat without catching anything. You can't believe how sad it is to spend the whole night struggling in the water. Sometimes fighting with a, a kind of wind and sometimes you, the waves are bringing in water in the boat and you have just to uh, to get the water out of the boat it's so sad and imagine then when you come in the morning without any fish when you have spent the whole night in the water is too sad very sad I don't know how to fish very well but back home uh, I tried just to make a, a project on, uh, on fishing and sometimes I was spending the whole night in the, in the Lake Tanganyika. By the way, that's uh, why I'm here in, in the United States. Otherwise, I would not have come to the United States. Because 
I was moving from place to place just doing the work of, of fishing. I was going to Tanzania, to Zambia, uh, the place called Mpurungu, to Congo, to, and then if we had just to, to sell our fish because uh, we were catching the fish of aquarium. And then I had to go to send them from Kigali. And when they saw me doing those movements all the time, they started now suspecting me because they thought I was now linked with the refugees in those countries. And then they started now following me up until I decided now to quit the country. I had any more time to spend there because of that kind of suspicion I had to leave that's why I came over here because we were just selling these fish aquarium fish in Turkey and we had just I had just to make those movements all the time when they caught me and they saw me uh, my, my passport having those stamps of those countries they said now you must be one of the rebels you are recruiting rebels to come and attack Burundi and that was the reason of me to escape the country anyway let me move to our original message it's so sad to come out of the water, spending there for the whole night, and without and catching no fish at all. Who were now at the lake? There was Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, and two sons of Zebedee. And two other disciples. This is, was the time Jesus were, has, had resurrected from the dead. And he had been visiting his disciples in two times. This was the third one. And now, This place, again, was really a very significant place. Eyal said that New Testament traditions about the Sea of Galilee flourished because in this area fishing was what kept the economy running, so these traditions spoke to that people and several of his disciples were from around this area around the sea of Galilee and it is very important in their biographies 
which means that this place was a very important place in Israel. Economically, it was very important. Again, politically, this place was also very important. Because this area, you see this lake is surrounded by mountains. And politically, the people who were fighting for liberty from the rule of the Roman Empire were living around this area. You understand that uh, for Israel, those who were fighting for their liberation were living around this city. That place. If you heard Jesus talking about the, the man who was moving from uh, from where? To Israel. And he was caught into the hands of gangsters or bandits. When, when he was helped by an Jew, a Samaritan, it was at this place, this area. Are we together? Good. This place is so significant that Jesus had started his ministry at this place. That's where he started his ministry. When he, he told Peter and his friends to follow him. This place again scientists say that uh, with this water is a pure water that ever had been in, in the region of the Middle East. That this lake, in this lake, it's uh, like a bomb of fishes is a, a, of different types of fish in this area than any other, than in any other place in the Middle East. The reason we, by which this place was so important for the Israelites. Let us move on. When Jesus fed 5,000 people, it was around this area in those mountains looking. When he multiplied the, the, the bread and uh, breads and, and fish, it was just around this place. 
And when Jesus finished his mission on the cross, he was buried, and uh, uh, these disciples started now moving, scattered here and there with like uh, a sheep without a shepherd. And he was meeting them separately. First of all, he met two men moving, going to a mouse. And he came back, he met them in the room. When he said, uh, Thomas, can you come and touch and now believe that I'm the one who died for your sins? And this was the third time he was meeting Peter and his friends, his six friends at the world. Let us go a little bit on the verse 3. Simon Peter said to the others, I'm going fishing. And others replied, We will come with you. They told him. So they went out in a boat, but all that night they did not catch a thing. At this place, Peter told him, uh, Jesus told Peter that he will make he will be a fisher of men. He had changed his ministry, his mission, his work. He changed it just to be a fisher in the lake of fish to be a fisher of men. And he told him from now and then you are no longer going to fish again in this water. You are going to fish in the community. He had told him again, he had told him that he will be the rock on which God is going to build his church. He never told him you will go back to to the lake to fish. And again he had told him you Peter I'm going to give you the key of heaven. You are going to hold it. You are going to keep it. He never told him go back to to the sea of Galilee to fish, to fish again. 
because he might maybe throw this key in the <laughs> in the water and uh, some of us would would have been sitting here for no good reason <laughs> then I don't know what happened to Peter at this particular moment. I don't know why he decided to go back to fish in the water. Sometimes we can find ourselves in a situation we think we should go back to the original business we have. While Jesus has told us to move forward but not backwards. Here Peter decided and he stood up Sudden like that. He told his friends, I'm going back to fish. Uh, that's a somehow. And when a, an old man says, um, I've taken my decision, it's very difficult for the young ones to change his mind. <laughs> And they said, ah, okay, we are going to go with you. You can't go alone. We are going together. And whatever you are going to do, um, we are going to do likewise. Going to do the same. And they went. I really love Jesus because he will never, never turn back to us. He will never forsake us. He will keep looking for us. No matter the situation. No matter the circumstances. And uh, the, sad, the sad thing I couldn't like in this passage is when Jesus went to see them at the lake and they never, never recognize him. They really never, never recognized it was Jesus with them. Do imagine when we can meet I can come across with my brother Alan and uh, he has been just leading us here in the, in the church he has been with us he, has been, he shared all the time and uh, I meet him and I say who are you? <laughs> Alan how will you feel? <laughs> It was so amazing. So amazing. It was also so sad. 
to have been with Jesus for three years. Training them on the ministry. And at, at this last time they forget his appearance. They don't know him at all. They don't recognize him at all. It was so sad. But here, Jesus never gave up. He continued. He pursued. He persisted. He looked for them. He found them there. He knew they have decided to go to fish. He knew Peter has decided to break down the agreement they had done with Jesus. He knew that. But he went to look for them at the lake. And even there, they spent the whole night without catching any fish. The same like the first time he met them and he called them to follow him. The same situation, the same scenario, it was similar situation. Then Jesus saw them coming on the shore, very exhausted, very sad. And he looked at them and said, you guys, have you got anything? And they said, no. Sure? Yes. We are desperately, we don't know how to tell others what we have been doing the whole night. Because I don't know how to do it here in, in America, how you fish. But in Burundi, where I come from, we do have a Lake Tanganyika that is a, a special lake as well. Because most of the fish that are in that lake are not found in any other lake or water in the world. There you find people just at the, at the edge of the lake waiting for you to come. And you have at least to give one fish to each person you find at the lake. That's it's a, it's a very great joy at that time. For the population in the community and for you yourself as some people who are doing that kind of work. You enjoy it. 
What comes just to what was amazing at this particular time is that Peter never recognized Jesus. Jesus told him, You guys, I see you don't you are just waiting the you are preparing your your nets just to to organize everything and leave the boats and the nets there and then go and lay down somewhere under the tree very hungry without any breakfast without any lunch because the lunch was from that that lake at that time and go back to the water in the evening without supper. It was so sad. And then Jesus said, you know, this is the time we have just to share. Peter, just go deep a little bit, push a little bit your boat, and when you arrive there, throw your, your net just in the water and pull out your net. You see what will happen. At, even at that time, you remember he's, he's just repeating the, twice this, the same message he never recognized it was Jesus. He went when he started doing pulling out he was not able just to pull out the net. They got a lot of fish that they were not they were not able to pull them out from the water. Something came and kicked into the mind of, uh, of John. And he said, ah, This man might be Jesus. He said, Peter, you, do you know that is the master? That is our master. That is the Lord. That is Jesus. And say, ah, you know, he took his garment. He rolled him over him and then ran towards Jesus. Meaning that he was confessing that he had never recognized him at all. He was repenting of his own sins. He said, even though Jesus, I come to you even though I never recognize you. I ever forget you. I'm very sorry. I didn't recognize you but I'm coming to you. And then Jesus received him. 
And these soldiers, uh, they made a fire there. They prepared some food. How many times God has called us to be useful in his church, in his ministry, and we keep backsliding all the time and we forget what we have agreed upon with Jesus. We need really to know that it was not a kind of it was useless for us to follow Jesus. It was meaningful to accept Jesus as our personal savior. And then there we have to understand that if it comes to a certain level of forgetting about what Jesus has done for us, if we come to realize it, we have to repent and come back to know that Jesus is our Lord. And he has prepared heaven for us. And he needs us just to, to enter that heaven. Never take for granted the love of Christ. Never take for granted the love of Christ for us. Again, here, I told you that uh, if Africa, in most of our African countries, we got the good news from America, and you spend your lives in a horrible situation. Because some of them came when they were not even having where to lay their heads. Just for you to let people to know that Christ is the way, the truth, and life. But when you visit most of the churches, what do you find? Some of them are closing their doors. Meaning that they have followed the steps of Peter. And they have, some of you, you have gone to other businesses rather than what God has called us for. I think we need to go back to value our Christian life. I'm not talking about the Americans backsliding. I'm talking to myself as well. To my own people as well. Because the way we behave 
I don't think we behave like we know that Jesus is with us. Sometimes it becomes so sad to see people who can misbehave as they are not Christians. We need to know who we are, what we are, we have been called for, and keep stick on our mission of establishing the kingdom of God where we are. We have to know who we are in the community of hope gateway. We need to know who we are in the community of Portland so that everybody knows that we are Christ like wise. Are we together? Do you still love me? If we leave this place, you are not going to throw me stones? <laughs> yes. Good. Jesus then did a marvelous thing. By the way, the things that has been bothering God for the whole the existence of Israel, his people, it was just to forget. He was accusing them to have forgotten God and the miracles he had done in front of their eyes all the time. And imagine how many miracles Jesus did in front of his disciples and they now at the last time they forget that Jesus is, exists. Please never forget that Jesus is your personal savior. Never forget that Jesus has paid the price on the cross because of you and me. Never forget the miracles how you have been saved in so many ways. I don't know where you, you have been in, in what you have been struggling with but never forget that God kept you alive purposely for a purpose and we need to know that we have to be in the place we are supposed to be we have been called to be and we have to do the things we supposed to be doing according to what Jesus appointed us to do And finally, to close my sermon, 
keep this in mind that this place is so wonderful place for us because it gives it gives us a picture of where Jesus started his ministry and it's very meaningful to us this place but let let us read verse 15 as I told you because I don't want to take you captive in this place after they had 15 and 16 after they have eaten Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these others do Yes, Lord, he answered. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my lambs. And second time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. A third time Jesus said, Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter became sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And so he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. Why Jesus came then to meet his disciples here at the lake of Tiberias? Everyone can answer that question. Isn't it? Why? Can you? He came only purposely to come and remind Peter that he has lost his vision, his mission. And he has to come back to the right place. Place. If now Jesus tells you just to leave the place where you are and to take the place where he has called you for, please don't resist. Accept. He's reminding us to be at the right place in the right mission. We need to build stronger the community of hope gateway as we have been called for that. We need to be good Christians as we have been called to be good Christians. We need to have faith in Jesus. A strong faith in Jesus because that's why he came to die for us so that we may have abundant 
life. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for having brought us just around the, the water to teach you, to teach us what you need for us to do. Thank you for reminding us that if we have failed anywhere in our mission to come back and restart again, it's not too late to repent. Lord, bless each and everyone here. Give us a good heart that is eagerly willing to serve you in a mighty way. Let your Holy Spirit teach more secrets I have not been able just to tackle on it. And let them know your will. Let us all of us know your will and do it accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.